welcome as you are. Fostering diversity. Inclusivity. Share your culture. Diversity and empathy. Spread positivity. Inspiring stories. Discovering cultures. Positive energy. Empathy and inclusivity. Cultural awareness. Spread kindness. You are listening to Tell Your Own Story Radio. Welcome to our Tell Your Own Story program, the program that aims at improving diversity in the media, empowering people to share their own stories, reducing stereotypes, and fostering empathy. In today's episode, I'm delighted to let you know that we have a whole range of different and interesting experiences to listen to. We spoke to people from different walks of life, talk through their passion in our Tell Your Sports story, where we have an interview on open water swimming with Ravi and Mika out in Kelilu. And then we have our film story, where we hear from hairdressers and people from Dublin on what they think of the Irish film Deadly Cuts. We also have a fantastic interview with Bear on his events management at UL since 1979. And our final feature is Tell Your Food Story, where I had the pleasure to go down Wickham Way and talk to Sid Ahmed, who is the chef who decided to come to Limerick every weekend to cook French tacos for his customers and give the Algerian and the French students at UL a taste of their home. We start with our first interview on open water swimming. Let's get to it. Welcome to Tell Your Own Sports Story. I'm delighted to be joined today by Ravi and Mika to learn more about open water swimming, which has really taken off in Ireland in the past few years. Welcome, ladies. Thank you for having us. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Ladies, to start, and Mika, I'll start with yourself. Knowing that you're good friends, can you give us a bit of background? How, how did you meet? How long do you know each other? Okay, well, um, I'm, a, I'm originally from the Netherlands and I moved here 20 years ago. Um, I w- we would have known uh, Ravi's husband, but not Ravi herself. And um, I had a lovely bob and my, I needed a hair yes. after three weeks of living in Ireland. And I found this lovely hairdresser in, in the main street of Balna in County Tipperary. So uh, it turned out that that was Ravi. And since then we kind of meet every so often. Uh, Ravi is an absolutely amazing cook. Ooh. And we started cooking for each other maybe twice or three times a year. Um, and then the pandemic um, happened. And we were all locked up in our houses. And um, when there was a little bit of leeway, Ravi rang me one day and said, you know, we need, we need to meet, we need, you know, <laughs> we need to move. And, we, um, we all understand that. Yeah, yeah. And um, she was suggesting, can we go for a walk? Can we meet for um, a cycle? And I said, no, I can't, Raf, because my knee is bandjacks and I can't walk, I can't cycle. And we decided to meet for um, a little bit of a picnic. Yes. And then she said, well, why not go for a swim? Oh, wow. And that's the start of a whole new story. And maybe Raf yeah. wants to fill in there because do tell how yeah where did the open water swimming come from it was an amazing um i think it was in may we just got into the um five kilometers so people were able to cross from barana to kiriloo 
And um, I told Mika that um, there was a beautiful um, hazelnut tree and it's on the side of the road. Uh, that if she'd like one, I can take it up for her. Yeah. But it was on the side of the road, it's fine. It's literally on the footpath. And um, she said, oh, I'd love to. And, um, the, you know, in Baitu Gate, it's all native um, hazelnut trees. Mm-hmm. So there's loads of them around there and loads of beautiful hazelnuts in September, October. And I was in the search of looking for one. And I said, Mika, let's meet in Two Mile Gate and we'll have a, a little bit of, we bring a bit of a coffee. And of course, Mika loves to bring the coffee. She's Dutch. <laughs> Lovely picnics. So we sat down by the water on the grass and we watched the water. It was a beautiful sunny morning and about 11 o'clock, really warm and fabulous. And we just had a chat and I said, let's go for the walk, for the cycle. And we tried to cycle and it didn't work. She's like, no, I don't think so. And I said, well, why don't you come for a swim with me then? I was desperate, actually, for somebody to go swimming with me. <laughs> because I usually go down with the kids. They go for their swims and I end up having my little swim and then coming out and waiting there for, for hours and hours until we get home, just watching the kids in the water. And at this time, not too many people were swimming in Two Mile Gate. And she said, oh, I'll try that. So we arranged for the next morning to go for a swim. And Mika said, I'll bring breakfast. And I said, oh, that's fantastic. Um, so we went for a swim by the water and we went a little bit out of the way. And that was so scary. <laughs> <laughs> to feel the rocks and all the things. And, yeah. and it was the only the two, just the two of us. Actually, we yeah. met another couple in there who came in on a canoe, but they weren't experienced in the water either. No. Um, I wouldn't go any more than, um, you know, half a meter into the water. I'll just stay right at the shore where today, after two years of swimming in lockdown, we can do maybe a kilometer and a half yeah. in a yeah. day, no problem wow. at all during the summer. Oh, wow. So it's amazing, amazing what you can do every day when you get into the water. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you mentioned lockdown. What do you think that lockdown... Down, that open water swimming meant to people during lockdown? I think it gave them a sense of freedom, a sense of belonging because through this swimming we met so many people and it gave us an opportunity to actually meet people distanced, um, have fun, have this social cup of coffee after the swim, um, look out for each other because uh, actually people that weren't swimmers started to come out as well to watch us and to meet up for that chat afterwards. Um, so we build a whole social community around this decision of trying to go for a swim. Um, I think it reinforced a friendship that was there for years, but you know, just casual. And we started seeing each other every day, which is like my husband at one stage said, uh, who are you married to, to me or to Ravi? <laughs> because I was seeing Ravi the whole time or saying like, no, I can't go for a walk. I need to meet Ravi for a swim. Um, what it meant for a lot of people, I think mental health was a big, big thing. It was this release, this part of being part of this energy, this vast, you know, this lake. For me personally, it meant um, I got rid of my horrible knee pains and I'm actually back walking again because of it. Um, a lot of people came into the lake, I think, with backaches and being overweight or having issues 
that they sorted through immersion in cold water. Um, we've swam in hail, frozen water, <laughs> uh, anything and everything, and like the, like the lake and turn into a sea yeah. with a nice easterly northern wind. And we've had so much fun and it's different every day. You can jump off the pier, but the pier, the pier is always the same, but your surroundings change every, every day. That's it's just wonderful. That's amazing. Yeah. And as one final question for our listeners, what would you say for anybody who is nervous, who anybody would like, thinks they might like it? What would you say? What advice would you have for people who don't do open water swimming? I would say, come down to Jumar Gate, meet us. Have a go and see what it's like. Yeah. Take it from there. We're very easygoing. We're really open and happy people because of swimming. In fact, my husband asked me now, when are you going swimming? Every day. <laughs> when are you going swimming? <laughs> that is brilliant. So, yes, come out and meet us. It's, it's open to everyone. It's free and it's great for your health. There yeah. you go. And there you go, listeners. There you have it. So come out to Malgate. just outside Killaloo thank you both so much it's been a pleasure to interview you and we could do a whole programme on it but hopefully we may well do that in the future thank you Listening to the swimming song by Luden Wainwright III. 
Next, in our series, Tell Your Film Story, we focus on a film and ask people if they felt they were represented correctly. For this show, we chose the film Deadly Cuts. Deadly Cuts is a hairdresser comedy written and directed by Rachel Carey and was the most successful Irish film for the year 2021. In the center of the film is a hair salon from fictional Pinglinstown in North Dublin. The hair salon has to deal with gang members, politicians and old rivalry that had to be settled. The salon participates in a national hair competition and has to prove itself against the most prestigious hair salons of the country. It's just that I was never really into them competitions. All that posing and all. And they're not meant for little shops like us. How he's even got in is beyond me. We're being fucking brilliant. And Stacey harassed him. Oh, sure, she'll tell. So I made a few phone calls. Pointed out that consistent lack of diversity. We wanted to ask hairdressers in Limerick and people from North Dublin if they have seen the film and how accurately they felt they were represented in it. So we went into hair salons in Limerick. In one of the salons, none of the hairdressers have seen the film. One of the hairstylists uh, explained that the, the saw the trailer and decided that she did not want to watch it because she wanted to avoid being annoyed about how hairdressers were represented. But luckily, she she was the only one with this opinion. We asked two other hairstylists and they were happy to tell us more about it. Cyril, the owner of a hair salon on the Dock Road in Limerick, told us what he thought about the film. I thought it was brilliant. Very funny. Very funny. Obviously it was a bit far-fetched um, in places, but uh, yeah, when it came down to competitions and that, that was quite true to real life in a little bit, you know, the, the basis. But it was quite good, quite enjoyed, quite a good laugh. I was quite entertained being a hairdresser, obviously, but anybody, my clients that saw it, um, I guess that come into the shop, they were going, yeah, that had I seen it, so I thought it was going to be, was going to be silly, but I actually thought it was quite hilarious, it was quite good. You think so, there is a good representation of... Of hairdressing? Yeah. Ah, yeah, I, well, I suppose it's a bit far-fetched. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we don't, thanks for the God, we don't have any nasty people around that we have to burn to death. <laughs> or born after we've killed them. But um, yeah, I suppose it's a representation, I suppose, yeah, I think hairdressers, we are a little bit eccentric. Mm -hmm. We're a little bit different, we're creative people. So um, yeah, I suppose there was a little bit of a, um, little bit of a true, but obviously very exaggerated, a little bit of true. We are, we are a bit different, okay. us hairdressers. We think a little bit outside the box, so we do. We were wondering if these competitions were customary practice in Irish hair salons. I'd have done a lot of competitions and been involved in a lot of competition, and you can see, you know, that we're, we're, we're one shop, where one shop knocks head with another shop. You know what I mean? You're going to competition is good, and you, you can't beat that. You know what I mean? You need that competition. So it's very true to life in that. We also asked Lauren from Peter Marks in William Street if she felt represented in the film. It was, I think it was more of like a funny kind of aspect of it, like hairdressing wise. Like, um, but the girls in it show like that, like they had a dream and they wanted to follow it. Like, so like obviously like they wanted to go further with their training, they wanted to go and do a show, like, you know. So like it just does show like as a hairdresser, like when you are training and you want to go further, like they had the drive to do that, you know, that kind of way. And obviously with the whole show and stuff, it does show that like you did have like obviously like show like the hair shows that like you do have to put in the work and stuff. So like yeah, like in that kind of a sense like 
you do need the drive to do something if you want to do it. Another group that was represented in the film was North Dublin. It was even compared to a war zone in one of the scenes. You should get that window fixed. Smashed glass. Parts of the piglin sound look. Dino really did a number on this place, what? Like working in a poxy war zone. We asked Ali, who originally is from North Dublin, if she liked the film and how she thought the area was represented. I did actually. Um, and funny enough, I thought I wasn't going to like it and I ended up loving it. I thought it was very funny because the area uh, they portrayed would have been the area I grew up. So the vernacular, some of the words for exactly I hadn't heard, you know, since my teens, like sketch, me baliks. Um, so from portraying that particular area of the north side, which has always been very maligned when I was growing up as a kid. and Yeah, there was crime and there was drugs and all those things. But there was also um, an amazing community that never got reported on. And uh, so, you know, physically and maybe aesthetically, it's not the nicest part of Dublin. And um, obviously the areas, I nearly rec recognise the street that it, they may be filmed on. But those neighbours of mine, that community always stayed in my heart. Finally, we wanted to know from our interviewees whether they would recommend the film or not. I would, uh, you know, for someone that's, you know, looking for it to be serious and with a very deep plot, you know, for someone that wants some light relief, I was having, uh, you know, a bad day and you just think, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed. or sure. Go watch it just for a bit of simple, simple, old-fashioned fun. Also, Lauren found the film worth watching. I thought it was brilliant. It really was. Like, I was telling the girls about it only a few weeks ago to watch it. Um, I don't know if they did or not, but a load of my clients and everything asked me to watch it. I was like, yeah, and they were like, it's so funny. I thought it was very funny. Serial even suggested a sequel. Big time. Yeah, 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 I really do. As I say, there should be a sequel. Even though the film Deadly Cut is a comedy with a lot of exaggeration, the representation of North Dublin and her stylists is, according to our interviewees, very accurate. But at the same time, it is what it is. A light-hearted 90 minutes to forget the world around you and have a good love.
This was Hairspray, the classic song by Rachel Sweet. You are listening to the Tell Your Own Story podcast, and my name is Florence Le Baron Earl. The third feature of our magazine is an interview of Burr Angley. If you like music and entertainment, you must know Burr. He's the events manager in the University of Limerick. He's been at it for the last 40 years. Can you believe it? Let's have a listen to the fascinating music story he shared with Michelle Daly. I would like to warmly welcome Burr Angley to this discussion today. Uh, Burr is an event specialist here at UL and he's been part of the UL community since 1979. So we're excited, Burr, for you to be with us today and to hear more about your role as entertainment manager. How and why did you get into this role? Well, how is a, is, a, is a longer story. It will take uh, about two hours. Uh, how, how I actually met a student uh, in a cafe in Limerick, and he said there was nothing happening out in NIHE. Now, NIHE, of course, was the former name for UL. And he was a guy called John Ryan, who actually later became a mayor of Limerick City. So we set about to actually create stuff then. And... As, a, my, as you mentioned, uh, 1979 was my first, let's say, my first foot in looking at the then NIHE at the time. And so I started then. Uh, we just organised an odd live uh, event. Uh, but when I kind of got into about, in around the 83 or thereabouts, I was doing an awful lot more events. So a lot of it was bands. We used to use... Um, we used to use what's called, uh, what we'd call the canteen, which would be known as, as raisins now. Uh, we used to use that. Uh, we used to build the stage with, with the tables, and we'd put the bands up there. Uh, we had a huge act then uh, that kind of really kicked it off uh, called Lena Lovich. Now, a lot of people might know, but she had a big number one hit uh, right across Europe uh, called Lucky Number One. She was German. And... Uh, I also got to know a, a really good president of UL at the time was Dr. Walsh, and he was really, really, he kind of liked what I did, and I remember when we did that show, because we had to do a sound check in the middle of the day, uh, all staff were given, everybody was given a half day. Worthy. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's how much support it was getting. So, so eventually uh, I decided, well, we need more events, we need more things happening, I helped to set up most of most of the, the societies uh, that happened today and the original form. They would be called something else, but they were in the original form. You know, as as we got into the mid eighties, uh, again we had lots of events. Uh, the old student centre, which is there next to the stables at the moment, we used to have uh, lunchtime concerts on a regular basis. Uh, but I also kind of set up a system that when we made money the money was piped back into the entertainment. So it was always for the student, and that was very, very important. The students were... That's what I was working for as far as I was concerned, and that was it, and nothing was going to stop me from that. We need an outlet for students, you know, a permanent outlet for students, so we decided that we needed something like... We needed a bar on campus. And thankfully, the college went ahead and they built a bar, and, uh, and then I went to try and persuade the current operators, who were very good, 
and of course that bar is the stables and that was the, and that was the start of development in UL. What year was that? What year did the stables? Uh, 86, 1986, yeah. So, so that was very important now. Now we had a good base. And the other thing I organised was a student entertainment crew. So in order to do that, that crew kind of swelled into the 90s mm-hmm. to be 45 people who were trained. And that was to run the actual events because we could have been running, sometimes we could run anything up to seven or eight events a night. Uh, but we basically had an event. By the time we kind of went into late 80s, we had at least one event a, a day. Now, by far, we were way ahead of any college in Ireland with, with events. Uh, I brought in a lot of acts. Uh, give I, us some examples. Who did you bring well, in? Well, uh, I did stuff like uh, Technotronic, you know, probably big late 80s, 90s act. Uh, I did the Christians, who, who, let's say, the Christians, I'll give you a prime example. The Christians played Wimbley Arena, and then they played the Parkway. <laughs> and I was... Dealing with, uh, sometimes I was bringing in the tours myself and organising with other colleges uh, uh, in conjunction with some of the British colleges. So there was a lot of work involved. But often I dealt with agents, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, one of the big agents I dealt with uh, is Louis Walsh, you know. So he brought in. Yeah, yeah. Louis. Louis Louis would sell oil to the Arabs, you know, and uh, and he was good. Uh, He got me the axe. But he also persuaded the acts to do our gig because we were, we were getting acts, like we needed to get acts at a, a good cost to keep the, pro, the admission prices down. And he was good that way, you know. So we got, you know, quite a, you know, a lot of acts and there was a, quite a lot, of, a lot of stuff happening. Um, I, I didn't think, when we went into the 90s, things kind of went up, up a notch. So now we were using a lot of venues in the city, and there was a lot of venues in the city. And I'm talking about we were using the Two Mile Lane, the Savoy, the, the uh, docks, uh, I can go on. And even, and even at the very start, by the way, we started using, we used Costello's at the very start. Uh, because Frank Costello was always good with students, and still is, and one of the only venues, I will say, that is still good with students. But also the Glentworth Hotel, which was run by a guy called Michael Fagan, who turned out to be the operator of the stables. And, you know, the, the lads in there, Brendan and Declan, they all worked in Glentworth. So that, that was very important. Um, you have great examples, great stories from your time. You think back to the late 70s, 80s, and into the 90s there. Yeah. Giving us that overview. Yeah. It's really fascinating, Bert, because you really are a central role. Haven't you played that central role? Well, uh, I don't know. It, it wasn't about it, it. It was. It was. It was not not about me. It was about the students, and it was very, very important. The students were at the forefront, and it wasn't about commercialising, being to- commercial. It was about students were paying to join a students' union, whether they liked it or not. And I thought, okay, if you're a member of this club called the Students' Union, you better get your money's worth. Yeah. And that was very important. Uh, so that was the ethos in which I was operating under now and the officers bought into it because the officers had to be involved we're talking about a crazy amount of events and they had to be involved in looking after the venues because you know and i'd go around to all the venues you know uh but i, I think a few, a few a few interesting ones was that we had a showcase thing in the stables on a tuesday night where we brought in different bands 
and I seen a band in a studio and it was a band called the Cranberries. Now there was some great Limerick acts going, it still is today. So I decided I'll take a risk with these, we'll put them in as a support act. But I always remember hearing that song called Linger and I says, wait a minute, and that voice, Dolores' voice, and she was very shy and the lads, really nice guys, all of them. And then I brought them back to, be, to do another gig in the stables and then I brought them back and they did a gig in the parkway and Two Mile Lane and, and the Jetland Centre where they got signed. Uh, and I also put them on the Irish College circuit and I recommended them for the UK circuit. I, I had a great president in Dr Ed Walsh who was totally, like, he used to write me a little purple pen note said, I heard you organise a great Halloween ball there. And I actually still value them. And even since I got medals, you get a medal in the college you do, they don't mean very much to me. Those pen, purple pen notes that said, well done. And I think that is very, personalized. very personalised. Yeah. And it was, yeah, and I thought that was very important. But but I also, I mean, a lot of people don't realise, I also did gigs with, for other colleges, like, for instance, Mary I. I remember putting Clannet in Mary I into Holle, you know. And the other thing that we had was a train trip. We hired a train. And we'd take it to a place like Galway and we'd hire a venue in Galway, like Sea Pine, for instance. I remember we had Sea Pine and they hire a band called Aslam, they play at Sea Pine. And then we'd bring all the students to Sea Pine. I remember talking to the INSCO in Galway, we said, We can't even get those numbers. And I said, and, and and said, How did you do it? And I said, Oh, don't worry, we have another two gigs going on in Limerick at the same time, you know. And I was like, It was absolutely multitasking. Amazing. Yeah. But fantastic yeah. experiences were. Yeah, but I, you learn a lot, and you learn by doing. No matter what anybody tells you, you know, people do event management college. They don't learn how to actually really organise events, you know. You learn by doing, because you have to learn, learn, by, you learn by mistake, you know. Remember, when you, every gig we ran, mostly, we had to get the students, get students there and back, and that was very important, because that, the safety of students was paramount, you know. And I will say, nobody got injured. And it was like, as I say, train trips. You could imagine the, the, the crack on the trains. Like, you know, that was yeah. like something else. But I had a brilliant crew. I had a really, really brilliant crew of people. And a lot of them are, are, are in good jobs in industry today because that stands for them, you know. You know. Burr, it's been such a pleasure to give us that overview and insight oh, yeah. into, you know, your experience from 1979 over yeah. all those years here oh, yeah. at the University okay. of Limerick. Well, thank you very We're much. We're delighted to have you. And... Listen, thank you so much. Thank, thank you so much. And uh, but by the way, I, I am actually writing a book at the moment. Are you? Yes, I'm writing a book. I'm in the process of writing a book. What's uh, the book called? Oh, I haven't the title yet. Let's start writing the information for us. Is uh, it about the history? It's about it's about it's about my my will be about the history of entertainments in UL and but not just UL because I was also involved in the Savoy and other 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 events and other things. So it would be involved in that. I'm getting a, I'm getting help from from a great professor in Cork called Barry O'Sullivan. So I'm t- and he's a graduate. So I'm delighted to have a graduate on board. I'm, I'm not I'm not the greatest writer in the world. So hopefully it'll turn out fine you know that's fantastic we look forward to hearing more about that okay. thank you so okay. much thank you. as you have just heard in the interview Burr Angley has been very active in bringing the music scene to Limerick since 1979 it's amazing to know that a world famous band like the Cranberries started their career in the Stables a pub on the University of Limerick campus to celebrate this discovery we will now listen to the beautiful Dreams, a song about falling in love by the Limerick band 
the cranberries.
What a beautiful song. This was Dreams by the Cranberries. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to the Tell Your Own Story podcast. We are a small group of students and staff working at the University of Limerick. We share with you some positive and personal stories about members of our community. If you have a story to tell, get in touch with us. Our email is tyosproject at gmail.com. TYOS stands for Tell Your Own Story. So that's tyosproject at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We publish articles in I Love Limerick and also the Limerick Voice. Once a month, you will find a series entitled Food, Self, and Identity, where people from Limerick and beyond share their stories through food. Who knows? You could be the next person. Talking about food, in our next feature, we are finding out about French Tacos, which is a new business venture in Limerick. Hello everyone, hello to our listeners today with Tell Your Own Story Project. In this episode, I'm very excited to introduce you to the French Tacos Limerick. Today, we tell your own food story I have a very special guest who is Sid Ahmed. He is the chef de cuisine and the owner of the French Tacos. Hello and welcome, Sid Ahmed. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, Sid Ahmed, would you be able to tell us a bit about yourself, the French Tacos, and your cultural background? Hi. Uh, uh, so, I'm Sid, Sid Ahmed. Everyone is calling me Sid here in Ireland. Uh, I have been here more than five years. Yeah, I have been working in different uh, kitchens through Ireland in hotels. Uh, so, I have experience in um, kitchen. I'm chef. Uh, yeah, me and my friend, we had this idea to open a uh, uh, new business with the new concept, which is, I don't believe there is here in Ireland, is uh, French tacos, something is uh, very famous in France and in other European countries, so we thought it would be great if we bring this concept here to Ireland, because uh, the Irish people, I think they, they, would, they would love this kind of food, like uh, fast food with... Um, fries cheese sauce meat and you have to choose what you're gonna put inside everything in the tortilla grilled and uh, came out hot from the grill so yeah i'm algerian and uh, i try uh, i'm trying to bring new touch of algerian home here to ireland and uh, that's it so um from my understanding, you are here every weekend, in addition to Friday. So would you please tell us why? Yeah, actually we are working during the week. We are from Cork. Uh, we are working in Cork during the week and we came here for, uh, to work uh, in our, for our uh, business, for ourselves, here in Limerick, in Wickham Way Market. Yeah, we like, here, we like to come here every, every weekend. Uh, the atmosphere here is so nice, so we forget what we go, with what we do in Cork, and uh, we are here to serve uh, Limerick, uh, Limerick people, our food, and uh, we try to bring new th- thing here to Limerick. So, um, 
Would you please tell me about your customers? Do you have French customers only or Algerian customers only or other people who like to try your food? To be honest, our customers is, are, are from everywhere, from different uh, nationalities. We have Irish, we have Algerians, we have French, we have Europeans, we have Latinos, from everywhere, to be honest. Uh, yeah, we, we don't see like we have special customers. We have uh, our faithful customers, they are Irish, they are Algerians, and uh, yeah, we are happy to serve everyone from around the world. That's truly incredible. I can see here you have an Algerian sauce, an Algerian homemade sauce. Would you please tell me the relationship between the Algerian sauce and the French tacos? Okay, the Algerian sauce, yeah, the, it's it's our our home touch, you know. Uh, if, if we talk about the, the French tacos, it's originally uh, if we, uh, Algerian, because the, the one who created is Algerian. He created in France and now is very famous in France by his Algerian. And the sauce, it's we, we try to bring the, our touch, like home touch, uh, sauce made with harissa, which is very famous in Algeria. Uh, fresh sauce we make it here every day uh, yeah and maybe in the future we're gonna put other Algerian uh, Algerian uh, dishes or something like this in our menu our food truck is too small to be honest for more uh, for bigger menu but we trying we trying our best to bring you new touch which is uh, something from our home it is truly incredible I know that in Limerick we have uh, a huge number of Algerian and French students. Do you get uh, those students every weekend? Do you serve food for them? Yes, yes. Uh, every 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 weekend there is uh, new faces of uh, Algerian students or maybe French French students. Yeah, they come every weekend to eat here, and we have even loyal customers. They order food uh, on delivery as well. Uh, yeah, we are happy to serve them and uh, they really appreciate uh, our food and we really appreciate uh, uh, appreciate them as uh, as uh, loyal customers to us that's amazing so in addition to serving food you offer these people a taste from home isn't that right exactly 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 we try our uh, we try our best to make them happy and to bring the touch of home here to ireland so this brings us to the end of our interview, but by the end, I would like to give you the floor to say something to your, uh, our listeners and to your faithful customers. What would you like to say, Sid Ahmed? I would tell them you are more than welcome here in Limerick, uh, in, in, in Wickhamway Market. We are here every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and uh, you have the, the market, craft market as well, in, uh, every Saturday and Sunday. We have very good atmosphere here, nice people, nice food. Uh, you have to come to try, and you won't regret it. Like, if there is a way to report the smell of the food and the taste, I would have done it, because it's just amazing. I have tried it, so I would recommend this place to everyone who is listening to us today. Thank you very much, Sid Ahmed. Thanks for your time and you thanks for having us today. You are more than welcome anytime. Thank you and goodbye. Bye. This was Sid Hamid, the chef of French tacos, interviewed by Hadjur Ben Sadek. You can enjoy French tacos every Friday, Saturday and Sunday in Wickham Way, Limerick.
They have a website, frenchtacosonline.ie, and a Facebook page. Now, a bit of music. Citoyen du Monde by Ashka et les Saltimbanques. Citoyen du Monde is French for Citizens of the World. Pas d'hymne guerrier, pas de patrie, pas de président Je n'ai pas d'autre armée que celle de ceux Qui veulent combattre pour l'amour en dépit des lois de l'argent Je n'ai pas d'homme à exploiter, pas de richesse à créer pour mon compte Je n'ai pas de territoire à défendre contre ces pauvres gens Qui viennent des quatre coins du monde Fallait crever de faim ici tous ensemble Soyez les bienvenus Plutôt mourir que de vivre dans l'abondance Couvert de vêtements quand tellement d'autres sont nus Citoyens du monde, partisans d'un monde sans frontières Le bon étranger, celui que tu accueilles, les bras grands ouverts. Et il y a le mauvais, celui que tu pourchasses dès qu'il a franchi ta frontière. Il y a le bon, celui qui te sera utile. Et il y a le truand, celui que tu ne veux surtout pas voir arriver dans ta ville. Cherche la brute, va là où on parle de l'arcache et pétrole brut. Mais ne cherche surtout pas le shérif. Je l'ai shooté quand il m'a dit qu'il ne défendait que les riches. Chola 
moi raison Par-delà les frontières, la terre doit appartenir à tous ou à personne We are reaching the end of our program. I hope you enjoyed the stories. We are now concluding with a bit of music. The team behind Tell Your Own Story is composed of members from all around the world. Ireland, France, Algeria, Germany, Saudi Arabia, Switzerland and many, many more. We celebrate diversity and inclusivity and we share a passion for building empathy and connecting people. Today, we've heard stories about open water swimming and learned how this sport brought communities together during the pandemic. We've seen how films can sometimes underline stereotypes. We've heard about Burr Angley and his love for music. Finally, Sid Hamed talked about his passion for fresh food and his French tacos. What a better way to end our program with a song by the talented Denise Chyla. She's one of my personal favorite artists. This is Dual Citizenship. Where are you from originally? are composed of borders and all of the lines that we have crossed that tangle our wires when we speak. There are some people who have borrowed accents from almost every single continent trying to fill in the blanks where our tongues are starting to trip over the languages that we were born into. There are some people who will spend their whole lives looking for a definition of home that doesn't come with strings attached. I have spent my whole life learning that I must make myself, take my belonging. It will not just be handed to you. So now, now I can tell you about king and about countries, about wars and democracies, about independence and revolutionaries, about famine and bounty, about green and white and golden eagles against streaks of orange and black. I can tell you about Aaron Naveen and Lumbanyeni Zambia. I could show you the spirit of Lucan, Limerick, and Lusaka. I could translate all of my Lenje stories so that we could sing them Osquelga. I could be bacon and cabbage in Muflira or Matevito in swords cooking in Shima. So where are you from originally? Because we are not the dead branch of a diaspora 
bear different fruit from our family tree. We offer different produce to the family feast, but there is no hiding these roots. There are no lies in these roots. We are unashamed of our heritage. We have nothing to prove. And sometimes there's a pain in these roots that our being is anchored to, but you will see beauty when this forest grows. You will see us for what we are. We are the same stem with different leaves, the same love with different needs, the same heart with different dreams, the same journey just with different wings. So where are you from? Where are you from originally?